I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everybody. It is semi-final number two of the Eurovision Song Contest 2021. We can look forward to the second live show from Rotterdam later on. But first, let me remind you, of course, that this episode is sponsored by the great, great people at Cloudwater Soda and their friends at the Queer Brewing Project. So Cloudwater Soda take ingredients from their brewery to create delicious, low-calorie, alcohol-free infusions, unlocking the unique characters of hops for all to enjoy. Now, as a brewery, they create some pretty strong beers, so they've introduced their sodas to encourage a more mindful approach to unwinding with a good drink. I'll be honest with you, I was keeping the mango to myself. This is the mango sour soda. It's actually quite difficult to say. Uh, But I walked into the kitchen earlier and my girlfriend was drinking it and she very much enjoyed it. But it means that I won't get to enjoy it. So I'm going to have to order myself some. So there you are. It's uh, it's really good, though, the mango one. Really, really tasty. Uh, Head to, this is what I'm going to have to do later to get myself one, cloudwatersoda.co. Use the code EUROTRIP, or one word, for 10% off their soda range. Uh, you can use the same code as well, Eurotrip, for queer brewing merch and beers. And that code is valid until July the 31st, 2021. Hosted by Rob Lilly and James Rowe, and brought to you by Cloudwater Soda and Queer Brewing. This is the Eurotrip, almost live from Rotterdam. That's right, both myself and Rob Lilly are coming to you almost live from the virtual online press centre for Eurovision 2021. And it's a pretty exciting day because this is show day number two. Semi-final number two is coming your way in a matter of hours. It's very, very exciting. Could be a matter of minutes if you've decided to pop this on close to the wire. Who knows? Maybe you've popped this on at 7pm and the uh, the contest semi-final two is, is on the way shortly. But either way, the second semi-final of Eurovision is today. If you're listening to the day of release, it is incredibly exciting. There are many things that both me and James are excited about seeing in the show later on. Rafael, mainly, just to see what on earth goes on with that three minutes of whatever that is. But uh, more of that later. But we will, of course, be building up to tonight's show with some very special guests, as you would expect from this, your favourite Eurovision podcast. Yeah, we always love to bring you conversation with some of our favourite people. 
who love the Eurovision Song Contest just as much as you do. And today is no exception. We'll be joined by Zoe London. I'm sure you'll have seen her online. She's a music DJ. She loves Eurovision and she just does some fantastic stuff online. Worth checking her out. But also we'll be joined as well by Ola Topholm. He's from Denmark and for the last decade or so, he has been the commentator for DR1. That's the TV station in Denmark. So he is a very clued up man on all things Eurovision. Some excellent stories from him about a decade in the commentary box. So look forward to those later on. We will also have another act who is taking part in tonight's semi-final. You heard from Vincent Bueno yesterday. Today, Benny Cristo on the podcast. James spoke to him live from his hotel in Rotterdam. So we'll be bringing you that as well. And not forgetting, of course, we've got another fantastic Eurovision memory from a big guest who we've spoken to over the last few months. And it's another Eurovision winner. So stay tuned to find out who that is. But we do have all that and more still to come here on the Eurotrip, almost live from Rotterdam. Here we are. We think it's Thursday. It's hard to tell at this stage. Either way, the grand final of the Eurovision Song Contest is getting closer. But before then, the second semi-final live from the Ahoy is coming at us later on. Of course, we saw the jury final last night. That makes up 50% of the points. And then tonight, the public get their chance to vote. The public in the UK get the chance to vote if you're a UK-based viewer. Uh, And we'll also get a little clip of James Newman on the stage performing Embers. James, not Newman, Roe, co-host of this podcast. Looking forward to seeing the big man on the stage later. Oh, I really, really am. Especially because yesterday on Wednesday, we had a sneak peek of James Newman staging in uh, one of the dress rehearsals in the afternoon. And without giving too much away, although I'm probably going to give it all away here, there's been a dress change. Well, not a dress change. He's not wearing a dress. Uh, oh, I'm struggling with this. He's, he's wearing some different clothes, what I'm trying to say. And there's some pyro. Yeah, they've thrown everything at it, the BBC. It's almost as if they had a well-thought-out plan. They've got to Rotterdam. They've got some paper and they've gone... I'm trying to work out if there's some paper in front of me that I can scrunch up. They've got some paper and they've gone... Wow. It was only a, it was only a post-it note, so it didn't sound that impressive. They've gone, we don't need that. You know, let's let's think on the hoof about what we can do. And uh, the BBC apparently have thought that the, the best idea for James is to deck him out head to toe in gold. So look forward to that later on. Gold, the colour of winners. Yes, indeed. Maybe that will play a part in Europe's decision to give him some votes on Saturday night. Maybe not. We'll find out. Not long to find out. 48 hours or so. Although, depending on how long the voting goes on for, you know how long that goes on for. Maybe about 72 hours until we find out. Yeah, there's a lot of confusion about time. Mainly because we've been doing a podcast every day, as you know. Hard to keep up with what day it is. And also, when we had a chat to Aussie Vision, that was very confusing as well. Because I said, oh, I hope you have a good time on Saturday night. But then, obviously, for them, it's not Saturday night. They'll be watching the final on Sunday morning. It's, it's all very confusing. It is tremendously confusing, given... Oh, yeah. Can we have a nap? Should we just stop now and say, right, we're not going to do one? You look like a man on the verge of a breakdown. (laughs) (laughs) No, honestly, let me clarify. I'm thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying it. It's taking up a lot of our time, but we absolutely, thoroughly enjoy doing this because it's just so much fun chatting about Eurovision to some wonderful people and just bringing you guys listening at home some fantastic conversations with people who I guess you might not hear from anywhere else. And that, nice sag, 
is what we're doing now. Uh, we are, of course, going to be building up to the second semi-final of the Eurovision Song Contest tonight, very, very shortly. But we are going to be doing so with our special guests. We've already mentioned them. They are the brilliant DJ and huge Eurovision fan, Zoe London, and Denmark's Eurovision commentator for the last decade, Ola Topholm as well. So brilliant to have them both on the podcast. And I started by asking Zoe what it was that made her first fall in love with the Eurovision Song Contest. I think for me, it started when I was like quite a young kid, mostly because I was just fascinated by this big global event that we were having that was just full of loads of different languages. You know, when you're a kid growing up in the 90s, you don't always see that kind of thing on TV. And there was something about it that just kind of drew me in. Um, and I loved it. You know, back then I was always banished up to the television upstairs. My parents were like, we're not watching that. You watch it upstairs. That's fine. And uh, my dad always recalls a story of when um, they took us to Greece on holiday and it happened to be during Eurovision. And me as a little kid was like, Dad, please, can we go to a bar so we can watch Eurovision? <laughs> And my dad had to go around, like, I think we were in Cyprus or Crete, and try and find, like, a bar that was showing Eurovision just so his little kid could watch it. And uh, I've just kind of loved it ever since then, really. And I went to my first one in Copenhagen, actually, in 2014, um, and uh, went again in 2018. So, so yeah, hopefully many more in the arena to come. But, uh, but yeah. I can um, tell you for sure that I've definitely been in that situation where I've been told, go on, get upstairs. You can watch Eurovision upstairs. I'm not watching that down here. <laughs> Ola, what about you? What are your sort of early memories? I know we spoke to you on the podcast a couple of months ago, yeah. um, just after Dansk Melody Grand Prix. But what are some of your mm. earliest memories? Because, I mean, you've got some great memories from the last 10 years. And maybe you can tell us about some of those in a moment. But some of your early memories of the contest? Well, it's from uh, my um, childhood and my family uh, back home, you know, in uh, the middle of nowhere in the west part of Denmark in the beginning of the of the 80s. You know, at that time, we only had one uh, channel in Denmark, DR1, until 1988. And that's why uh, the, Dan the Danish national final was the only event at the whole year where, you know, you had uh, a big party with a lot of popular uh, Danish slager music and, and, and so on. And I fell in love with that uh, from the first uh, moment. Uh, my first memories is from uh, 84. We had Kirsten and Søren, the lead day, and uh, it was Sweden who uh, won the Eurovision with Digaloo Digalay. And it was my first uh, memory. And from that time, I was actually called Grand Prix Ole uh, by all the other guys. I love this idea of Eurovision nicknames that people get given because we were speaking yeah. to somebody, we, me and James were speaking to somebody on the podcast the other day and they said they had a friend called Euro Dave, which I just like yeah. the idea of as well. I love that. Yeah. But you know, then, uh, you know, you're getting older and so on. And at the beginning of the 90s, I was very alone about uh, having you know, the big interest for, for Eurovision. A lot of my friends, they were most, more interested in, in uh, normal pop music and, and so on. So Eurovision, it was for me, and I was thinking, mm, I'm the only one in the rest of the world who loved this contest. But then, well, then you meet a lot of other persons who also loved that when you um, were older. So, um, so it was fine again. 
but uh, but it was a hard time in um, in uh, in the beginning of the teen teen uh, teenage years. You want to try being a UK fan over the last decade? <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's almost the same. <laughs> Zoe, we couldn't get you on before we chat about semi-final two without chatting about your uh, your set during Concert in the Dark, which, of course, has oh, exploded, I think, in terms of popularity. People just keep going back and watching and watching and watching over again. So what was it like to to integrate Eurovision into, into what you love? And how often do you try and do that anyway? That, honestly, was so amazing because I so rarely get to do that. I'm normally booked to play house music, dance music. Sorry, by the way, my dog is trying to get involved in the podcast. What are your opinions, huh? (laughs) And um, so to be able to play just a pure Eurovision set, you know, normally I'm trying to sneak it in. I'm like, I'm in the club and I'm like, oh, maybe we can get away with a little bit of euphoria. I think that'll go down well. And normally I have to just kind of try (laughs) and sneak my love in, but to be booked to play just that, I mean, for me, that was just glorious. And uh, the reaction on Twitter, oh my God, people were sending me like memes that they'd made about the set. Like, (laughs) it was so great, I loved it. And hopefully, thanks to you guys, that will now lead to a few more kind of bookings where I can just play Eurovision Remix, which is what I love to play. So uh, yeah, that was so, if I could go back and watch it all again, I would. It was so exciting watching it in the moment. Um, before we talk about semi-final two as well, I have to ask you about the commentary boxes in 2014, mm. when, the, when the contest was actually in Copenhagen. Yeah. Because I've heard from so many people the precarious nature of those commentary boxes at the back of the, the huge, shipbuilding warehouse that Eurovision was in in 2014. Every time you had an up-tempo um, uh, uh, number on, on the commentator booth, it was like this, you know, <laughs> you were out on a sea or, or, or something and you were, were scared about, oh, are we going to fall down or something? <laughs> but um, <laughs> and, and then, um, but I remember it as a, a, a very fun uh, night, actually. We want to hear from you. Email us hello at eurotrippodcast.com. Some more on the way from Zoe and Ola later on when we will be picking their brains. That's a horrible phrase, isn't it? About <laughs> semi-final number two of the Eurovision Song Contest. And uh, some, some. I was going to say surprising opinions. I don't know if they're surprising, uh, but you will hear me once again bang on about Hurricane. So look forward to that, everybody. And also... We'll probably get another conversation from Rob about Rafael because it's Rob and it's Rafael. So stay tuned for that. Unless we just cut it out entirely, you don't have to sit through it. That would be the dream come true. This is my uh, this is my turn to edit this podcast, though, isn't it? This time, so oh. uh, we'll be. We'll, you, if you're lucky, I might pop the uh, the full raw interview with Rafael halfway through, and you can listen to 26 <laughs> oh, no. minutes of me and Rafael. <laughs> Wow, that's what's going to greet me when I walk through hell. <laughs> just, just your interview with Rafael, like, oh no, I can't escape, I can't escape. You say all this, genuinely, that song's bop. I'm not saying it's a bop on the stage in Rotterdam, but when you're just having a listen to it on your phone, bop. Well, we'll soon see what happens on Thursday night. I know you are his biggest fan, and we'll see how you react when he doesn't qualify. Or maybe he does anyway. From one bop to another. 
Are you king of segways? Are you are you head of segways on the podcast now? Yes, indeed. I've got a new hat. That's what it's got written on it. <laughs> Perfect. From one bop to another. That's absolutely right. Benny Crystal and his song... Well, actually, I always struggle to say the name of this song because I feel like you just can't quite say it without putting on a voice. Omaga. But it's not Omaga, though, is it? It's like, Omaga. Oh, oh, you sounded like a, a very <laughs> posh 18th century... Um, I don't know, dinner guest. (laughs) Which I don't think is the look he's going for. Anyway, Benny Cristo, what a fantastic guy. Of course, he's representing uh, the Czech Republic in semi-final two uh, at Eurovision tonight. He is song number three coming straight after Estonia, right before Greece. I don't know if you happen to see his wonderful chat with Nikki Tutorials on the Luck Lab series on YouTube very recently, but she picked him apart by accusing him of basically forgetting about his mother on Mother's Day just because he was rehearsing for the Eurovision Song Contest. So I had one very important question to begin with. And that was, has your mother forgiven you for forgetting about her on Mother's Day? But my mom, my mom is like ever forgiving, and like she's she's amazing, man. She she understands that uh, my head is just like everywhere at the same time, and um, yeah. Plus, uh, she did so like that. I that I've uh, managed to put the, her favorite flower on on my performance jacket. So like I think that was a that was a good way to. To say sorry. I saw that. I saw the flower and I heard that it was your mother's favourite flower. Is that sort of your gift to her that you're on stage but then she's there with you? That's such a such a nice gesture. It's yeah I mean it's just like she's she's always been there for, for me you know like ever since you know the literally ever since day one like she was taking care of me and my sister when uh, they were divorced with my father like so since I was four she was just with her. And like, this is the biggest stage and the biggest show that I'm doing for the biggest amount of people. So it, it's only right, you know. My mom doesn't like this kind of a publicity and she doesn't ever want to be on any social media or anything. But like this little gesture, I think it's, it just sits there perfectly. You know, it's, she's never, she doesn't have to be seen. She just knows that it's her favorite flower and she knows that like I'm wearing it and that's, that's everything, you know. So it's, uh, you know, subtle and uh, I think it's perfect, so. What was it like getting to Rotterdam for the first time, arriving in the city, then heading to the Ahoy and then seeing the stage for the first time? Because I've heard so many artists say, wow, that stage is enormous. But what was your first reaction when you arrived at the Ahoy? I was, I was just happy. I, I, wasn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't as much amazed as I was happy. I was happy to see stage. I was happy to see that it's actually happening, that uh, amazing uh, the whole team of, of uh, Eurovision and the... Uh, whole team of, of people working on this here in Netherlands uh, were able to pull it off and were able to even like manage to get three and a half thousand people as, as spectators. I think that's spectacular. <laughs> and uh, I'm just happy. Man. I'm just, uh, so, so I was, I, I came in there, obviously I was, I was a little bit nervous because I haven't seen stage for like, I don't even know how long, you know, like I used, at, at one point before I used to like live on stage more that I was, you know, in my, in my apartment and that, that disappeared very quickly and very suddenly. And uh, then I haven't seen stage for like one and a half years, like a proper stage. And then from that you go to, you know, uh, Eurovision stage, which is enormous, it really is. And it was just like, I was like, we were there, especially like we made eye contact with one of my dancers. We were just like, bro, 
bro you see this man we made it we actually made it here we couldn't believe it like we we took bus rather than flying because we were scared that we we're gonna catch the virus on the you know on the flight so we, we took a bus we 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 were traveling here for like over 10 hours it was like it was long it was tough but uh yeah i'm happy man now tell me your feelings after your first rehearsal because I saw a tweet from you and you seemed a bit disappointed in that first rehearsal. So give us an idea about how you actually felt and then how the other rehearsals have gone since then. Do you feel a bit more upbeat after being on stage to rehearse again? Yeah, so um, you, I'm, I'm always trying to be as critical about my, about my shish as possible because uh, uh, I am, uh, you know, I'm, I just, I just want to, if I'm doing something, I want to do it the best or like, why am I even doing it? I, I don't want to do something, you know, like mediocre or I hate it, uh, at least when it comes to like me. So uh, being there on the stage and stuff, like we rehearsed so much, so many times and stuff and that because I'm not used to stage anymore, uh, I, I did have to focus on so many things. I, I never had to focus on 28 cameras uh, like you have to in, in Eurovision. Like I, I used to perform for arenas, but like, I, I performed for people, not for cameras. I never performed for, for cameras. I, I didn't like it, you know, like, or I didn't want to. But now it is, you know, completely different concept. You have to understand it. And so, yeah, so seeing the, seeing the first take on, on the first rehearsals we did, I was just like, I was disappointed in myself. I was just like, fuck, this can't be it. Like, I, I can do better. I can do so much better. So I was angry on myself in a good way and um, went straight to the hotel. We, we made that uh, whole lobby downstairs uh, into our rehearsing room. And uh, we've uh, basically kind of like drawn where the cameras could be and stuff like that. And we've been working every day, like super hard. And um, yeah, and the second rehearsal was better. I was, I was really happy about it. glad you are a lot happier now because I think a lot of people were worried that you were so disappointed in yourself but now you seem a lot more upbeat which is very very nice to hear. Very quickly as well somebody asked you online they said um, maybe your dancers should be wearing brighter colours. Now let's be, just between me and you our little secret are they going to be wearing brighter colours on the stage on Thursday? Just between me and you yeah? <laughs> no I, uh, there's one thing that I wanted to uh, like Put back it's just like it's it's very hard with the colors people have to understand that uh like it's not in our hands this is uh, uh aesthetics of marvin dietman who is uh, in charge of our stage uh presence and uh i'm not a professional you know i can uh, and i don't want to be just like you know what you know i'm i'm this guy so because i want to do this in there and just like one thing that i've learned is that you know uh, surround yourself with professionals and trust in what they're doing and like be professional in what you're doing and just, you know, make sure you do that. And just me, me trying to, uh, uh, you know, apply something, some, something, some suggestion from, from somebody and then just apply it on, on the professional in my team and be like, yeah, you should do that rather than what you're doing. First of all, it would be not fair to like the person that we hired as a professional. And second of all, again, who am I to, you know, to talk into their things? Absolutely. Now, have you been uh, keeping up to date with any of the other performances? You must have heard some of the other songs in this year's competition. Can you give us an idea of some of your other favorite songs this year? 
Man, I'm, I was like, this one thing that I uh, was trying to do uh, and I took it from martial arts, which is like, you know, just to really focus on, on my on my stuff. And until I'm done with my show and it's like recorded, streamed, blah, 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 I shouldn't really worry about anybody else and just like do my technique, you know, sort of. But uh, hell yes, man, it got through to me. And like, I've seen some of the performance in that, incredible. Greece is amazing, obviously. Uh, uh, UK is killing it, you know, like super, super cool dude, by the way. Um, I have to say like my, right now, my favorite, I, I, I came here like, you know, uh, in love with uh, Lady Frere because uh, like I loved his last year's song, uh, Thinking About Things, but uh, I, I, think I'm, I think I'm in love with, uh, with a song from uh, Barbara uh, from France and that is uh, Voila. It's just like today in the morning I was listening to it. I was in a, I was uh, on a like a sightseeing tour, you know, with the EB organizers or with the uh, Eurovision uh, organizers. And uh, wow, that song has so much like spirit to it, so much of of soul in it, like such a vibe. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so yeah, I've seen I've seen a couple uh, live performances, and uh, people here are amazing. Oh, for sure, for sure. It's going to be an exciting week, that's for sure. Um, what are your hopes for Thursday? I know you've been saying this very strange comment where you've been saying, you don't have to vote for me. If you don't like me, vote for somebody else, that's fine. But <laughs> what are your hopes for Thursday? Surely you want people to I vote for I genuinely have no hopes, man. I really no. have no hopes. No, no, I don't, like, not in the bad way either. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying, like, oh, there's no hope for me. I was just like... I just meant it. Like people are like, "Yo, what are your hopes? What are your predictions? What do you think? Like, you, get, you think you have a chance and stuff?" Like, I don't know, guys. I don't know people who are voting. I don't know that. I, I, I don't want to do. I don't want to say anything stupid just to say it. Like, as as you already heard in this in this interview, I'm doing my best that I can, and that's 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 the fucking only thing I can do. I don't know this show. I don't know what what do you have to do for people to like you or you know like for people to send you something. I'm not gonna do anything stupid. I'm not gonna please anybody to vote for me. I'm not, I'm not a kind of person. I just want to be true to myself and enjoy this. I'm already here, you know, so that's what I'm just going to do. <laughs> well, you're very upbeat. You've got a smile on your face and that is the most important thing, I would say. So keep that positive mental attitude up. Uh, finally, for me, I've got another very important question to ask you. I started with an important one. I'll finish with an important one. Where okay. can people buy one of those snowboard wheelie board kind of things that you've been traveling <laughs> on? Because everyone seems to love that. I think this. I think it's the greatest invention. Uh, I think definitely in this century, for me at least. Like, and, I, and I've been, you know, like I'm. Um, I used to be a professional snowboarder. That's what I used to do before, uh, you know, music. I uh, actually won the national championship in freestyle snowboarding, jumping, blah blah, blah just doing weird shit. And uh, so uh, then I got like injured badly. You know, like I, you know, got into kind of like a slight coma. And stuff. So uh, uh, I was like, you know. I, I just wanted to have something that reminds me off of it. And this is called one wheel. It, 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 it's like snowboarding, but like on concrete. So it's actually, in some ways it's, it's better because you don't need, you don't need, you know, a hill. And um, you know, it goes like 30 kilometers far, 35 kilometers per hour speed. It's just best, man. So I'm just cruising, you know, around the world with this, wherever they let me. Well, there we go. I may go out and buy one. I may, might need some training from you at some point, but uh, I might get one for no myself. No problem. Newcastle, you said. That's the one, Newcastle. I'll see you there. Benny, thank you so much for your time. I wish you the very best of luck for, uh, for Thursday's semi-final. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And uh, thank you for the questions. They were actually original, which is a blessing. Trust me. Weird that Benny kept mentioning that he knew, or at least he mentioned at the end there, that he knew you were from Newcastle. Yeah. 
Isn't that very strange? Shall I play for you a little clip from earlier on in the interview that I uh, that I took out? Is this a little BTS, a little behind the scenes? This is a little BTS behind the scenes. Just as I was about to ask my next question, Benny said this. Let's talk man, about... you have amazing English, man. I love your English, man. I, just, I have to say this. I've been listening to you like for like, what, like two minutes now. And like, it's, I would love to speak like that. It's just like, if, you, if, you, if I think that, it just, it doesn't come out that the same way. It's... <laughs> it, do, it does help that I'm from England anyway, so the uh, the English is very but still, good. I know, but like, but still, you know, I've heard some people speak also from England, and you know, it just I, I think it varies. Well, let me. I'll give you a little lesson here. So I'm from a city called Newcastle in the north of England, and that is the best language, for, uh, the best, um, <laughs> the best accent rather. So there you go. Okay. That's that, you need a Newcastle, you need. A, you need an English lesson from somebody from Newcastle, and then your your language will be perfect. <laughs> you and Benny Christo, best pals now. Is he going to pop up? Going to pop up and see you? Best mates now, apparently. Yeah. So I think he's going to be on the next flight to Newcastle um, once he once the Eurovision adventure is over. This is the Euro Trip. When you aren't listening, you can find us on social media. We're at Euro Trip Podcast, warming you up for the Eurovision Song Contest. So we'll be back to the podcast in just a sec, but now a quick message about the brilliant Queer Brewing Project and Cloudwater Soda, who are helping us bring you today's episode. Now, Cloudwater Soda is part of the Cloudwater Brew Co and provides a great alternative drink if you're looking for something alcohol-free. And what's more, this part of the script that Rob put in yesterday is still here. The cans, and I do agree, look very sexy. If a can can look, if a can can, yeah, that works. <laughs> if a can can look sexy, honestly, they do. Top job to the designers or whatever they are, graphic designers. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's not, it's not an industry I work in. Anyway, uh, right now, Cloudwater Soda and the Queer Brewing Project are working together on a brand new soda collaboration. The end result is a delicious drink called Blossom, and it'll be packed full of get this banana, orange, and. A lovely little hint of coriander seed. Which does indeed sound deliciously intriguing. Or indeed, intriguingly delicious. That collab will be ready very soon. But in the meantime, why not check out the websites, uh, thequeerbrewingproject.com and cloudwatersoda.co and use our very own discount code Eurotrip. It's all one word, Eurotrip, for 10% off Queer Brewing's beers, their merch, as well as Cloudwater Soda's range too. And that code is valid all the way through until July the 31st, 2021. Tweet us or find us on Instagram. We're at Eurotrip Podcast. It's the Eurotrip almost live from Rotterdam. And as you heard there, we'd love you to get in touch. We are at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. We have an email as well. Hello at Eurotrip Podcast. And this is the time that we need to tell you to get very, very excited. If you know already that you have a place in the Eurotrip's big Eurovision sweepstake for 2021, James has got some terrified eyes, I can tell you, just staring at him on this this recording, because he forgot we were doing that tomorrow. But tomorrow, we will be revealing who has who in the Eurotrip's big Eurovision sweepstakes. Yeah, I honestly totally forgot about it. And I thought for a moment we had to do it today and that we clearly had no time for it. So I'm glad it's tomorrow. We've got time to get our act together. But once we know all the finalists, once we know the running order on Friday's episode tomorrow, you'll know who you've got and you can cheer on that one country you've got. 
with the hope of winning some exclusive, one-of-a-kind Eurovision memorabilia. Literally, money cannot buy those prizes, mainly for good reason. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I wanted to bring this to both you, James, and to the listeners. And I want to thank Emily on Twitter for this. She is, of course, a Eurovision fan. Uh, you know how Eurovision fans like putting flags in their usernames? I can tell you that the flags that Emily's got in hers are Iceland, Denmark, the Czech Republic, the United Kingdom, and the Netherlands. A very eclectic group. Anyway, Emily has done a tremendous job of collecting some of the tweets from people who, shall we say, are probably best described as locals. You know who I mean. You mean the absolute morons who just don't like the Eurovision Song Contest and will take any opportunity to tell everybody about that? The very same. Yes, indeed. Uh, Would you like me to read a few? Oh, please, yes. Well, Emily, first up, has got a lovely, uh, I think this is a Facebook comment from uh, from Dave. Uh, Dave says, and I'm going to edit some of what Dave says because uh, I'll be honest, we don't need all of it. Uh, Dave, about the Eurovision Song Contest. Uh, this is the point we can all laugh at, Dave, by the way. He says, this rubbish, uh, it, also this is me trying to do Dave's voice, I don't know. Uh, this rubbish should have been scrapped years ago when it passed its sell-by date. And it's not just Europe in it. The BBC clinging on with repeats and drivel like this and expect people to pay their licence fee. (laughs) GB News coming soon. (laughs) I mean, to be fair to Dave, it is unlikely that he will find the Eurovision Song Contest on GB News. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. Although I've just found this one from somebody called Steve. Um, Shall I read Steve's? Read Steve's, go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does anybody watch this tripe? An hour of your life you'll never get back. You'll be disappointed to find out, Steve. It's on for a lot longer than an hour. Why does the UK manage to select so many no-hoopers? They've done it again. Mark my words. (laughs) Was that Steve or was that Graham Norton saying that? (laughs) I'm just going to finish off with one from Carol. Um, Carol, who, who simply says, UK have no chance again. And, uh, and then someone else has said, um, don't say that, it's a good song. I will vote for the UK and for Denmark. Uh, and then Carol comes back saying, I won't be watching it. <laughs> Space, comma, poor punctuation, Carol, you're better than that. <laughs> well, we should just do an entire, we should have just done the, actually, the full entire week, just reading out comments from people who hate Eurovision. It's actually quite a nice pastime. It is. Let's bring it back tomorrow. I liked it. Let's. Again, on-air production meeting, more (laughs) tweets from people who hate Eurovision on the podcast tomorrow. However, now, is it not the time that we're going to get a very special Eurovision memory? It certainly is. We're running out of time because otherwise this podcast is going to be really, really lengthy. So I will just say, been lovely hearing the Eurovision memories of previous artists so far this week on the podcast. Today, Dave Benton, the winner of Eurovision 20 years ago in 2001. Enjoy. That moment that you that you watch the 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 uh, the scoring board, you know, and and being a mathematic freak, you know, you go already that okay, we cannot lose anymore. This is it, guys. We did it. We did, you know. And and there was a, a, a Dutch journalist next to me. And he told me, young man, and I was the oldest guy there, you know, (laughs) 
young man, you did it like you said you're going to do it. And that moment, start walking stage to repeat the song. That's that's unforgettable. That, that's unforgettable. It's the biggest ever arena we've had in Eurovision history. So that must have been an incredible place to perform. It 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 was amazing. It was amazing. I mean, uh, uh, um, I'm talking to you. I'm getting goosebumps actually. <laughs> um, um, walking on stage, you know, and 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 saying, "Are you ready?" And you hear this crowd answering to you, you know, you go like, even if we don't win it, you know, you, you, you made it, you made it to, to, to a high level thing here, you know, that's, we're what, 50, 50, 60,000, this, no idea, this, this was huge, you know, to, to hear a whole, capacity of people uh, answering to a simple question are you ready you know it's amazing So great to hear Dave Benton again here on the Eurotrip and I absolutely love that interview you did with him back in October I think it was it was fairly early on in the um, in the podcast and I don't think I'd ever seen him do an interview beforehand so it was really nice just to get that fresh perspective from him almost 20 years on from uh, from winning the contest. And the Bentons of course close personal friends with us here on the podcast. Dave you heard there, uh, Dave's daughter Cece who we've heard many times on this podcast. She was the runner-up in Esti Lau this year. I'm sure Mrs. Benton would get on well with us as well. Who knows? Let's throw a Euro to Benton party. You're all invited. <laughs> we should probably let them know first. If Mrs. Benton, <laughs> Mrs. Benton puts dinner on thinking it's just me and you and hundreds of people turn up, she be, won't be pleased, will she? I don't think she would. Uh, anyway, she... Do you think we've reached that point of the podcast and that point of the week that could simply be described as delusional? <laughs> it really does sound like it, yeah. I could have quite aptly gone on a very theoretical conversation about going to the Benton's house for Eurovision 2020, 2020, 2020, 2020, 2020, 2020, 2020, Get into this preview conversation about semi-final two. Yeah, let's seen as it's tonight, and given how long we've been talking, it's it's probably already started. He's just laughing. I'm going to carry on anyway. Uh, Zoe London, brilliant DJ, Eurovision fan, and Ola Topholm, who has been Denmark's Eurovision commentator for the last decade, joined us to preview semi-final number two. We actually had a chat to them on Wednesday, which is probably why you will hear some of tomorrow night, etc., but that doesn't matter. Their opinions are still excellent, all the same. And we started by chatting about the song that will open the semi-final this evening. And that performance, of course, features a Mr. Flo 
Ryder? I think it's going to be amazing. And from what I've heard, without any spoilers of the little rehearsal today, his um, part in it is enough to not overshadow her, but brings a really exciting element. And that's just the way to do it, isn't it? To not have it completely pushed out the way, like, oh, we don't care about that. Oh, my God, Flo Rider. It's just like a nice little, oh, wow, this is actually happening. Ola, I just want to know what the reaction would be like in Denmark, because in the UK, people have mm-hmm. lost their minds at the fact that Flo Rider is <laughs> going to be at Eurovision. Is this a big deal in Denmark as well? Yeah, it's actually a song uh, which has been um, in, a, in a lot of different uh, news media because uh, one of the songwriters is from Denmark. Uh, and it's Thomas Dengo, uh, who also uh, was a part of the songwriter team for Emily DeForest. Uh, and he's also a part of the songwriter team for Cyprus this year. So, um, so uh, you know, we have the, um, we look at it as a, a, a small Danish song. Ola, moving on then to the rest of the, mm-hmm. the running order, is, is there any other song that particularly stands out? We can't, of course, talk about semi-final two without talking about Iceland and the fact that, unfortunately, we won't yeah. see them live, but we will see their, their clip from, from the second rehearsal, which is incredibly slick as it is. Do we think that's going to be an impact on them or, or they're going to sail through easily, aren't they? I think they are going to uh, to uh, to the final. Uh, I don't think uh, the jury uh, give uh, give that fact um, any. You know, they they will vote for for the same reason as they um, would if they have performed live. Um, so I think they will go to the grand final. Iceland that it will not um, it will not do anything different for Iceland that it's not live. I'm intrigued from your from your perspective, though, with such mm. a long and illustrious history with the contest. Do you think that it might actually give them a, a better chance maybe of winning this year? Maybe people will, will give it a few more votes, given what's happened. I actually think that Iceland can get 12 points from the Danish viewers tomorrow night. But uh, I don't think it's because of the COVID-19 situation. I think it's because, you know, it's a song um, which is going to be uh, very likable for uh, for the Danish uh, viewers tomorrow night. I don't think it's a 12 point from Danish uh, viewers um, Saturday night. Um, so, uh, so I don't think they are going to win, but they will uh, do a quite good job Saturday night as well. So you're here in the UK along with me and Rob and you'll have seen the reaction to, to Daddy coming back this year and you know he's being played on Radio 1 which is massive again and he is a, he is definitely a dead cert to qualify really isn't he? Oh 100% I think there'll be such a big percentage of people watching that have just tuned in that won't really know that he's coming back but will have been there on you know last April last March whenever it was they were dancing in their kitchens with their grandmas doing their what do you think about things and they'll see him on the screen and they'll go that's that guy from TikTok I love that guy and they'll vote for him and I think we can't underestimate how many people there are in the UK I think it's pretty dead set that we're at least going to give our 10 or 12 to Iceland just because of the sheer popularity of that song you know as a DJ I've seen people that only play like indie rock music that were tweeting about it. I've seen people that only play pop music that were tweeting about it. And people that never even look at Eurovision that are like, 
oh, this is really good. So I think it's just got that cross appeal. And I know this is not Think About Things, but it is still a very good track. And, and I think that they're going to do very well in the, the popular vote, especially with the UK. So is there another song that stands out for you? If we look at the rest of the running order, if you had to pick, I don't know whether Iceland is your favourite in the semi-final. What, what is your favourite in the semi-final if it isn't Iceland? So I love Finland very much. Uh, from the minute I heard that, I was like, I love this. This is sick. It's not very often that you get that kind of rock representation done well at Eurovision. You know, of course you get the kind of gimmicky rock or you get the very commercial kind of pop rock. But to have a band that's like fully new metal, a good band in their own right, I've heard some of their other songs, um, and with cool staging, I think it's going to do really well. And I really love it. I do a stream. I play a lot of rock and metal music, and I do a stream on Twitch on Sundays, and I've been playing it every Sunday. I've just been like slipping it in with like the usual rock and metal music. And I originally at first thought people might be like, oh, no, what is this? But the reaction that I've had from people, I have a lot of American viewers, they were like, oh my God, what is this? I need to Google this. This is amazing. And I'm like, oh, actually, it's representing Finland in the Eurovision. And they're like, no, it's not. This is amazing. And I'm like, yeah, it is. Well, let's have a quick listen to a, a couple of the band members. James, you had a chat to, to Blind Channel a few weeks ago, and, and they had this message for some of the other participants this year. We actually we dislike dislike bands and people who join competitions and are like I don't I don't even want to win I just want to have a good time like like if you're in a competition you have to like you have to you have to have the attitude that you're gonna win this and we had that attitude from the beginning and it worked. Ola, you in Denmark, a, a fellow yeah. Scandinavian country, are there a lot of fans of Blind Channel in Denmark? Are they going to be supporting the, the Finnish entry this year, do you think? Well, I'm going to vote for Finland tomorrow night. Yes! Uh, <laughs> yeah, because, you know, um, a pop con, uh, competition like Eurovision, we need that kind of rock music. Uh, you know, everything is so pretty and, and so on. So uh, that we have some... Uh, Finnish rock guys in the Eurovision. I think that's very cool and that's also important. Um, but uh, but I don't think it's um, it, it's it's not lordy uh, for the second time because you know this is something totally different than uh, than than lordy. It's more serious this part. I think. Ola, we've not spoken about Denmark yet. Given you're here. I was going to read out the uh, the name of the act and the name of the song, but I'm not going to embarrass myself by doing it. So please, can you do it for me? <laughs> Yeah, uh, they are called Fyr og Flamme, and the title of the song is Øve os på hinanden. You did a much better job than I think any of us <laughs> would have done it. So <laughs> yeah. can you give us a little bit of insight into what they are doing over in Denmark or what the reaction has been like? Because I know you've spoken to them as well on your show um, in Denmark. Yeah. Mm. Give us, just give us a bit of an idea about what those it two guys are like. Tomorrow night, it's actually a very important night for Denmark because it's um, it's a very popular Danish uh, radio song right now. Also, commercials radio station they love Fyr og Flamme over os på hinanden. Not since Emily De Forest, we we have had a so popular winner of the Danish uh, Melody Grand Prix. So um, I think all in Denmark would be very disappointed tomorrow night if we are the only countries uh, in our part of Europe, the Nordic countries, uh, 
if we are not going to be a part of the grand final on Saturday night. I think they've got a great slot. They're closing the semi-final. I'm not quite saying their destiny level from closing the first semi-final, but it's a good slot. I, I would love to see them in the final. I think they'd add, I think they'd add a lot. Zoe? Yeah, I, I don't always think it's a bad thing um, that a contestant is in their native language because more and more these days, they're in English. So it actually makes the song stand out on the night, I think. I mean, we saw this last night with Russia and I think that went down incredibly well with the kind of casual viewer, um, despite it being in a language that they maybe don't understand. So I wouldn't necessarily think that that would hold them back. But for the concert in the dark, I loved that version that Denmark did of like the 80s sound wave. I was like, why didn't you send this? This is sick. It was so cool. And uh, yeah, I, ho I, <laughs> I hope that they send a more kind of 80s sound next time because I, I loved that. I thought that was so cool. Yeah, I, for one, love it when countries send it in their own language and just love an 80s vibe. So this, Denmark this year, is right up my street. And I've got, I've got my fingers crossed, to be honest, and I've got a good feeling about it. I really think people will sort of connect with it and gel with it. It's more, more televote than jury vote, I would say. And, and it's also because, you know, in Denmark, we have a very romantic relationship to, to uh, the 80s in, in, in the Eurovision. And uh, I also think it will be um, it will be by the public voters, not by the jurors. I want to get from both of you something that you're really looking forward to in semi-final number two, but you can't pick anything that we've discussed so far. So no Denmark, no Iceland, something that you really, really can't wait to see. Ola. I'm going to make you go first. What are you looking forward to in semi-final two? Greece. Because, you know, they also have um, the sound from uh, the 80s, but in English. And the show, you know, it's going to be uh, like a music video in, in most of the time uh, during that entry. So I'm very looking forward to, uh, to uh, hear the sound if uh, she's able to, uh, to sing it. What about you, yeah. Zoe? Uh, well, of course, I mentioned him very briefly, Benny Christo. I do hope he does go through. He's such a lovely like person. He really cares about the contest. And um, I hope that can kind of come across. But I am worried about him potentially not qualifying. Um, to be honest, I'm quite looking forward to Portugal. It's very different. And, you know, we saw Hoover Phonic qualify last night. And I'm wondering if Portugal might quite easily do the same. I don't know. You know, that that kind of stuff always interests me about the completely different genres um, that come through in the contest. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. But yeah, same same as you, I'm very curious about the Greece kind of green screen. I don't know if it's gonna, I don't know. When I saw it, I was like, is this gonna work? I don't know. I'm very, I'm interested. <laughs> uh, James, I already know what me and you are most, most looking forward to. Song number six, Poland for a foul. <laughs> yes oh my god with his sunglasses <laughs> so rob has rob has this affinity to rafael and just can't oh. stop talking about him. he seems absolutely <laughs> obsessed it all started back in february when we got an interview with rafael and then i accidentally sent him the wrong zoom link and then we had to send him a different <laughs> zoom link and then james had to pull over in his car to speak to the polish broadcaster's pr person so that we could get rafael and then when i finally spoke to rafael his next door neighbor was having building work done so you couldn't really hear him properly oh, and, and, and then just watching him in rehearsals this week i mean that you can't miss them 
because there's something going on in all of them. Whether it's whether it's good or bad, there's always something to watch. Do you think it's going to qualify though? Absolutely not. Oh. <laughs> now then, we all know Thursday night semi-final two is going to be very very exciting. However, Friday night, Zoe London. Have we not got something else to look forward to? (laughs) Yes, so obviously we can't go to the Euro Club and we're all not together. So I stream on Twitch and uh, I'm going to be streaming a big Eurovision pre-party, loads of remixes, mashups, just tunes, you know, just straight up. And uh, any requests that anyone wants to hear, I'm like super open. Even if it's from like a national final, didn't qualify, didn't get through, let's play it. Why not? You know, we're we're here to celebrate all things Eurovision. And uh, I'm really looking forward to streaming that on Twitch. So uh, if anybody wants to come and join, come and party with us on Friday night. We'll get you suitably hungover, ready for the grand final. Well, this is a perfect opportunity. We've got Ola here. Do you want to give Zoe a request for her Eurovision set on Friday night? Yes. Oh, but what about it? Um... I've got Emily DeForest, don't you worry. <laughs> oh, that, that's nice. What about the last time we had a Danish song in uh, the Eurovision? Kulikai from 1997. Yeah, let's do it. Well, um, the song which made me uh, most happy, that's uh, Carola from uh, Sweden in 2006. Oh, we would love Invincible. Invincible. Oh, yeah, we can play that. The Swedish (laughs) version is much better. Is it? Okay. (laughs) Zoe, just give us those details one more time. You've already mentioned it, but just give us the details one more time for anyone that wants to check it out. So it's going to be on Twitch and my channel is twitch.tv slash Zoe London DJ. My name is Zoe London DJ on all the social media, so I'm super easy to find. And uh, we're going to be streaming live from 8pm UK time, so 9pm European time. This is the Euro Trip. So a big thanks to both Zoe London and Ola Topholm, of course, for joining us to preview everything that's going to be happening tonight in semi-final number two. And of course, let's not forget as well, Friday night, Zoe London's fantastic Eurovision, I was going to call it a mega mix. I'm not really clued up on all of the DJ lingo, but you know what I mean? She gave it a great plug. She's on Twitch. She's going to be doing a Eurovision set. That's the word. She's going to be doing a fantastic Eurovision set on Friday night and that's going to be a great way to plug the gap between semi-final two and the grand final. Earlier on you referred to the MIC talking of DJing <laughs> and I I had no idea what you were talking about. Turns out James was talking about a mic off of microphone. I thought we were talking about Made in Chelsea. It was a very confusing 20 seconds or so I can tell you that much but Zoe London's set is going to be incredible if her concert in the dark set is anything to go by and uh, I hope she can fit in uh, Ola's bizarre request there as well not necessarily Corolla 2006 but Denmark 1997 that was quite the request wasn't it and if she manages to do it what a superstar she is but I think it's time for us to wrap up given we've probably been talking for about two hours and the semi-finals just about to start but of course we've got two more episodes to get through before the grand final on Saturday so we'll be back with you again tomorrow that's Friday to talk about everything that happens tonight and look forward a little bit but not too much because we'll save that for Saturday everything that's happening in the grand final as well of course the next time we speak to you this is exciting we will have the running order for the Eurovision Song Contest grand final 2021 it is just around the corner and we mentioned it on yesterday's podcast as well 
me and James doing something very special on Twitter. And actually, we promised you we'd tell you about what we were doing today, didn't we? So uh, we'll have to do that very quickly. Uh, me and James will be going live on Twitter Spaces. That's a thing, apparently. Twitter Spaces uh, on Saturday morning at 9.30. 9.30, you right with you? Fantastic on a production meeting. Yeah, that's fine. I'll be there. 9.30. So basically, Twitter Spaces will just allow us to do a bit of a a live zero-budget podcast where we'll be chatting about Eurovision with some guests as well. You can listen along, pop your questions in. So yeah, something a bit different and something to get you in the mood for Eurovision on Saturday night. So the Eurotrip Twitter, the link will be on there. Twitter Spaces, 9am Saturday morning. Oh, 9am now? I thought it was 9.30. have a look in the morning on Saturday. Let's say 9.30. It's a bit more of a line, isn't it? Let's do 9.30. See you there. UK time. Oh, goodness me. Let's just talk (laughs) over each other, shall we? Yes. 9.30am UK time. 10.30am Central European time. Saturday morning. The link will be on the Eurotrip Twitter. We've not really sold it because James has already called it a low-budget version of the podcast, but we will try and get some guests on as well, and we'll just have a nice time chatting about what's to come later on, because that will be Saturday, and the Eurovision Grand Final will be tonight when we're doing that, if that makes sense. Wow. I'll see you there. At some point on Saturday morning, I'll see you there, and hopefully see a lot of you listeners there as well. It should be good fun. But for now, probably time we say goodbye. So we'll be back with you again tomorrow, Friday, to check back and see what happened in tonight's semi-final but in the meantime don't forget to subscribe leave us a review and rate us five stars from me james for the fifth time this week it's goodbye and from me rob it's goodbye Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.